Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Big Bug House. This is a very special episode because we, be, we will be talking with Dr. Amanda Lawrence Reeves. She is the co-director of Michigan State University's very own Bug House. Yay, amazing. Yep, it's a super fun interview, and I'm very happy that she could make time to talk with me. So I thank her for that. I was, for some reason, very quiet in the audio, and I think my mic was just being kind of weird, but I'm still hearable. She definitely is, and she does most of the talking. It was February 22nd at the time of the interview, I repeat, February 22nd. And without further ado, here we go. Okay. So, hello, Big Bug House listeners. Today I'm very excited to be speaking to, I mean, with Dr. Amanda Lawrence Reeves. She's the co-director of Michigan State University's very own Bug House. Dr. Lawrence Reeves has a PhD in entomology, as well as a master's degree and a bachelor's degree in entomology. Thank you very much, Dr. Lawrence Reeves, for making the time to be with us today. It's a real honor. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to our conversation and learning more about your passion for bugs and oh. about the MSU Bug House. So we will start off with some questions. And yeah. So, how did you first become interested in bugs? So I, I first became interested in bugs when I was a kid. Um, I remember just kind of running around outside the whole summer and just finding different creatures. And I'd find toads and grasshoppers and millipedes and roly-polies and all kinds of things. My friends and I used to catch cicadas and fireflies together. And so bugs were kind of a part of my childhood. Um, I got away from them as I grew up and especially like in high school. Um, but once I started college, I started taking some biology classes and I kind of found my way into an entomology lab. And that's where I really started to focus on insects and realize that they were what I wanted my career to be about. Wow, interesting. So tell me about your journey through school and your decision to go to MSU and study entomology. What kind of things did you study before you went to college? Um, so before I went to college, so I'm, I'm from Plymouth, Michigan, originally, and actually, oh, sorry, what? No, I just said, wow, interesting. Oh, um, well, both my parents actually went to MSU, and that's how they met. And so when I was in high school, they, there was always kind of this, like, you should go to MSU kind of energy. Um, and I, I really liked the campus when I was graduating and we came to visit. And so I was accepted. So I decided to come here um, to Michigan State. And when I was in high school, I was really, really interested in the humanity, arts and humanities, in particular, like history and literature. And then when I started college, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do with that or what I wanted to do. And so I was just kind of encouraged to take a wide variety of classes, which I still think is really, really good advice um, because I took like a psychology class and a biology course and I took a literature course and a couple other things. And it really allowed me to kind of gauge what I most enjoyed. And it ended up surprising me that my favorite class was my biology class. Uh, that I, And so that was my favorite class my first year of college and it really influenced me to change my major and start pursuing experiences in biology 
And so I was, I started off as a psychology major and then actually changed to zoology. So I've got my, my bachelor's is in zoology and then I did master's and PhD later in entomology. Um, yeah, so it's been kind of a winding journey, but I think at each point it's really, you know, you, you always have decisions to make. You can go one direction or you can go another. And I really think it's important to follow your gut. And that's what I did. And that's ended up being a really good thing for me. start out as uh, entomology yeah exactly I kind of stumbled into it and just kind of picked up this great enthusiasm and realized how just awesome these little creatures are and then I also it kind of brought me back to a lot of my childhood experiences out in nature catching little different bugs thinking about studying entomology. Do you have any advice for them from your given experience? Uh, so I think this is a wonderful question. Um, and I'm really glad that you're asking it because it kind of gives me an opportunity. Um, so one of the great things about entomology is that it's all around us all the time. You know, unless you are in Antarctica or something like that, um, there are bugs around you. And if they're not um, inside your house and they're out in nature in different habitats. And so really you don't have to travel too far from our, our homes just to find some cool insects to learn about and observe. And so my advice is just to kind of tune in to the things that are around you, but also to arm yourself with some supplies because there's a few key things that if you have really make it a lot easier to, to study insects, especially if you're just kind of going around yourself um, and learning about them. And so I would suggest getting some plastic jars. So maybe like some spice jars or even like prescription jars work really well where they have a tight lid and you can drill a couple of holes in the top if possible. Um, a good field guide, like um, I always like the Peterson field guide to insects, um, but there's tons and tons of d really wonderful ones out there. Uh, so it's kind of personal preference, but I'd also include a magnifying lens, um, a pair of tweezers, and a small net if you can. And little nets they sell kind of all over the place. You can find them in, as toys, and you know those ones aren't obviously the greatest. You can also kind of fashion one yourself out of a pillowcase and a metal hanger, like a wire hanger with a handle on it. Um, you can also order them on Amazon. Yeah. And so with just these simple things, it allows you to investigate a little further. So like insects are small, right? And some of them are big, but a lot of them are, are tough to notice in nature as you're out and about. And so having those things with you, having that lens, having those tweezers so you can pick through some things um, and and having a, a couple plastic jars where you can pick things is really, really helpful, I think. Cool. So I would definitely have a little kit or a little bag. I have this little like lunch bag that I, that's what I use. Nice. Did 
did you collect bugs when you were young? I remember doing a collection for school, but the most, there were a couple different kinds of bugs that I would collect. And usually it wasn't like to keep them as specimens, but just to kind of play with them while they were alive Uh. um, and keep them as pets. And then I also used to keep toads during the summer. And so I would catch bugs to feed them. Could you tell me about the MSU bug house? Like, what are its goals? What's the, what is in the MSU bug house's like collection? In your opinion, what's the most impressive exhibit you've seen? And your favorite book? Do you have a favorite bug collection or a least favorite? I do. Uh, So my favorite, in fact, of all time is Lucanus cervus, which is the European stag beetle. The males have these really big jaws and they're actually like quite often pictured in artworks. And there's this one artwork that I really like um, that features a European stag beetle from like the 1400s. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just, I was just saying, hmm, I didn't know that they were featured in so much art. Yeah. Um, I mean, once you kind of start, once you know kind of what it looks like and what you're looking for, I, I just see them everywhere now. But um, so they are kind of an iconic insect. Uh, but I'd love to talk about the bug house a little bit more. And we do have a Lucanus service specimen in the bug house. But the goal of the bug house is to increase knowledge and awareness of the positive roles that insects and other arthropods play in the environment and how important they are to human life and sustainability. And so in the bug house, we have, oh goodness, several hundred um, preserved specimens. And most of them are just kind of, you know, dried. Um, We have a couple, like maybe one, that's not a genuine specimen. but the rest of them are all real and they are from all over the world. We try to showcase a lot of diversity in insects in the bug house. And so we have several displays with like, that are focused on different groups. So like there's a beetle display and there's a moth display and there's a display. Yeah. And, and they all try to highlight different specimens from around the world. And we try to show as many kind of different looking ones as we can. Um, Now we all, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just saying that's cool. I wasn't saying anything. Sorry. Oh, no worries. I always um, just worry about interrupting you. Yeah, sorry. I think it would appear that I'm interrupting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just used to talking, so I can talk for a while. Plus, I love the bug house, and I'm excited about it, so I love to talk about it. Cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's really fun. I wish I wish you could come and visit, but there's there's COVID, so... Um, we do have a couple of virtual tours posted where I tried to highlight a few of our most popular displays. And so like I was saying, we have a bunch that are devoted to different kinds of insects from all over the world. But then we also have a few displays that are really specific to Michigan since we get a lot of visitors from Michigan or who are, who are local and coming to the bug house. And so it's good to see in insects from the local area and that way folks who have seen something in nature can kind of if they've got a photo of it or if they remember a description they can tell it to us and we can try to actually find like what it was that they found amongst our specimens cool 
Yeah, I actually uh, did visit uh, a few years ago, like two years ago, maybe. And I must say, it was very, very cool. I think you have, like, some crazy butterfly exhibits. I mean, there's one where I counted way more than, like, 200 butterflies and beetles from, like, all over the world. And I was like, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. So you want to, like, tell us about that? Maybe. Yeah, I think you're talking about what we call the rainbow insect panel, yes. which is this really, it's like our favorite display. It's a very tall, narrow piece. And so it's basically a shallow box with a variety of mostly butterflies, but also like you said, beetles and some tree bugs and other things that create this rainbow. So we start, I think off the top of my head, what colors at the bottom? Shoot, but it's a rainbow. I can't remember which direction the rainbow goes. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah, I think it goes from like, no, no, I can't remember either, but yeah. But that, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful display. That's one of the ones that I featured in the virtual tour. And so if you watch that part one, um, I have a GIF that shows the whole um, panel because it's so big. Like if you're up, if you're really close to it and you try to take a picture, you're only going to capture part of it. Um, wow. Yeah. So how do, moving away from bugs a bit, actually, not really, but how do people usually react when you tell them that you're an entomologist and what do you like, ex what do you like tell people when you tell them that? Like, how do you explain it? So um, I really like this question. So usually, I will say that usually people think it's cool. Like they kind of, they're asking, they ask you what you do for, you know, like in conversation as you do, yes, people ask you what you do for a living. And then I tell them I'm an entomologist. And then usually, I mean, it's just not the answer that they were expecting. <laughs> yeah. um, so sometimes I'll get like a raised eyebrow. Um, some, some folks don't know what an entomologist is or what entomology is. And so I'll explain that I, I teach about insects. Um, entomologists do all kinds of different things. I happen to specialize in teaching. Um, but for the most part, people are, are pretty interested and pretty positive about it. I think it, once or twice I've gotten someone who kind of has questions about why anybody would want to do that kind of thing. But usually that person who has lots of really negative ideas negative um, associations with insects. And so like, it makes sense that if the, it's not something that they've ever thought about doing, like, wow, that's weird. But, um, but insects are actually like, they're just super, super important animals. Um, and I think the more we can raise awareness of that, the better. So I like about being entomologist and how important insects are. Great. Uh, speaking of how important insects are, why are they? Like, people don't really respect them, so why should we? Uh, so again, a fa fantastic question. Um, and insects are important for lots of different reasons. Um, and so one of the reasons that they're important, and this is a good way to kind of look at them from I mean, say an ecological perspective where we're thinking about kind of whole ecosystem and how different components are interacting. Insects provide a lot of what we term ecosystem services, which are just, you know, kind of good things that they do 
that help us out in different ways. So one thing that many insects do is they pollinate flowers. And by pollinating flowers, they are helping those um, plants to reproduce, which is allowing them to create fruits and seeds, which we then rely on as food resources. And so there's about a third of our, our crops today are, are bee pollinated. And so there's lots of concern with vanishing bee populations that how are we going to pollinate all these crops? Like for example, many fruits require like multiple visits from pollinators. And so not only do you need abundant pollinators, but you need enough so that multiple of them are going to be going to those, to those crop flowers. And so, so that's just one ecosystem service that insects provide. And I'm really only talking about it in the context of agriculture. Like we're not even talking about, you know, just natural ecosystems where lots of different organisms rely on the plants and they, lots of them need them to have fruits and be pollinated. And so that aspect of kind of supporting these natural ecosystems is another like super important thing. Another thing that insects do that they're important for is that they are major decomposers. They are hugely beneficial in their ability to break down and kind of get rid of or recycle stuff that we as humans really don't like. And I'm thinking kind of like of dung beetles. So dung beetles are um, present in almost in all kinds of different ecosystems, almost every ecosystem. And so they live all around the world. There's different species of dung beetles. The ancient Egyptian, the big scarab, that is a dung beetle. And what these things do is they specialize on dung. And, and so they're taking this kind of waste and breaking it down and releasing those nutrients into the soil. And that in turn is going to make those nutrients in the dung more available to plants, which is going to make them grow better, which is going to make them stronger, more resistant to pests. And so in addition to kind of getting rid of something unsightly, they're also re renewing the soil at the same time. And so there's just so much complexity to the roles that insects play in our environment. And humans, we're completely dependent on our environment, right? If we don't have natural resources, we, we can't survive. And so the roles that these insects play are really irreplaceable and they're really important to us. And I think when we consider insects in that context, we can kind of start to give them a little bit more credit. But when we don't think about their roles and why they're important, we there's a tendency to see them just through this lens of uh, being a nuisance, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does. So, I mean, it sounds like all you know about bugs must have required a lot, a lot of research. So, tell me about your research. What was your dissertation about? Like, what are you working on now? Sure. Um, <clears throat> so, my dissertation research and my master's research were very different from each other. For my master's degree, I worked on a larval, the larval stage of an invasive mosquito species in East Lansing. And I was looking into its ecology and what kinds of food sources it was feeding on as a larva. And so I did a lot of lab and field work with mosquitoes and different little mosquito habitats and taking lots of samples. And then for my dissertation, I went a very different direction and I decided to investigate more about human dimensions of entomology. And so 
looking into some of the psychology behind why people have such strong aversions to insects when, you know, for the most part, they're quite harmless to us. And as I said before, they're incredibly beneficial. However, like we live in a culture where it's incredibly common to see one bug in your house and call an exterminator um, and, and take action about it. And so my dissertation was about kind of where are these attitudes coming from and what are some things that might impact them? And so, for example, I looked at um, uh, expertise. So if you are a person who knows a lot about bugs, um, what kinds of attitudes do you have towards them versus you don't know very much about bugs? And what I found was that folks who know a lot about bugs tend to like them a lot more uh, than folks who don't. And so that was kind of my dissertation research in a nutshell. Oh. All right. Well, uh, that sounds great. So, have you seen the impact of invasive species in your community lately? Yeah. Uh, there's actually lots of <clears throat> lots of different examples of that. Um, one of my earliest experiences with an invasive insect was emerald ash borer which is a, um, a brilliant green, tiny little beetle <clears throat> that, is, that comes from Asia and um, has basically decimated our ash tree populations um, in North America. And they were kind of first noticed in the Detroit area. And now they're, they're sweeping through, they've kind of swept through Michigan. And they're very, very selective, and so they've caused deaths of ash trees, many different ash species throughout the state. And the place where I grew up, my, my street, and happened to be lined with ash trees, these really kind of, you know, at least 50-year-old big ash trees that we had a really large one in front of our house. And I remember um, hearing about that beetle and then seeing some, like finding them um, around the tree, these bright green little beetles, and then um, they ended up killing our tree. And so the city came through and chopped down all of the, all of basically all of the trees that were along the street. Oh, and no. so it just, it really, it was a real bummer. Um, but now, like more recently, um, I've seen a lot of the stink bug, brown marmorated stink bug. If I had issues with that in my home, um, they're very, very good at getting into houses. And so I've, I live in an older house and lots of cracks and things. And so typically there's quite a few of them that get in. And so that would be kind of a more like recent close to home impact. But there's lots of different invasive species that are, are really impacting, impacting us. Of these beetles? So I would have to, I would have to, I'm not, I don't actually know that off the top of my head. Okay. I would have to take a look. Um, but in these areas, most of them were taken out. And so what, it, what it's done is created little kind of lots of little patches of open space that other trees have come in to fill. Tell me about 
going back to MSU for a bit, but could you tell me about MSU's entomology program? Like, what do entomology students study at MSU? Do they focus on what certain parts of entomology do they focus on? And what kind of careers, what kind of careers do entomology students typically have after college? Uh, so MSU's entomology program. So we have we offer um, bachelor's degrees, so major bachelor of science with a major in entomology. We have a minor program, so other people who are doing other majors could also do an entomology minor. We also offer masters and PhDs at the graduate level. Um, but entomology students at MSU study a whole variety of different things. That is kind of one of the defining factors of this field is that there's just a lot of little specializations within it. You know, there's like urban entomology and then there's agricultural entomology, but within agricultural entomology, there's, you know, tree fruit and then there's um, landscape level and then there's um, field crops entomology and forest entomology. And so we try to make sure that students get a little bit of experience and lots of different kind of specialties within the field. So we have classes in forest entomology and we have a class in uh, pesticides. We've got a class in um, aquatic entomology. We've got a, a medical entomology class where students learn about another dimension of entomology that is the insect uh, uh, spread diseases and, and cause nuisance in human homes. Yeah. And so there's just like so many different aspects of entomology. Some things though are, are really universal. Like, um, so we also have students learn how to identify insects and so um, how to sample for them as well. Interesting. Well, that sounds great. Um, I, I wouldn't mind saying a little bit more about careers, if that's okay. Yeah, sure, yeah, the careers, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so there's, there's just lots of career opportunities out there for folks with entomology training. And that includes everything from working for the Department of Natural Resources. Um, you could work for the military, you could work for companies, like we, there's tons of companies that hire our graduates. Um, you could work as a conservation officer for a zoo or a museum. You could work in teaching and outreach. So there's many, many different career paths that students will follow. And some students or many students will go on to graduate school at eventually and, and either get their master's or their PhD. Great. Nice. Well, you said you like to, I mean, when, at least when you're young, you like to catch bugs and keep them as pets. Do you have any pet bugs at home? And what do you think about the insect pet trade? Uh, so I have, I'm sitting next to my two hissing cockroaches, which I actually brought home recently so that when I teach from home, I can have an insect to just show people cool. um, or demonstrate on. <clears throat> but I've kept tarantulas in the past as well. And I think that in 
a lot of ways, arthropods, insects, and spiders, and centipedes make really great pets because they are they can or they can be rather really low maintenance and fairly easy to take care of. They they can live a pretty long time without that much attention, and so like a tarantula can live potentially over twenty years. Yeah, I think on your website you said you have a 20-year-old tarantula. Yeah, we do. Um, Her name is Goldie, and she's been in the bughouse for, like, at least 10 years now, I think. Wow. Um, so, so, yeah, but, I mean, that being said, not all arthropods are going to make good pets. There are definitely some that are better pets than others. And I also think it's really important to consider where they, these animals are coming from if you're keeping them as pets. Were they wild caught or were they bred at a pet store or at somebody's house or something like that? <clears throat> um, preference is always going to be for something that's captive bred um, because collecting from the wild can negatively impact wild populations, obviously. Um, so I think as long as you're responsible about where your animals are coming from and as long as you know how to properly take care of them, I think they can, they can be great pets. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so what do you think, like, just in general? Because, I mean, I think I, uh, a couple years ago there was this, like, super endangered tarantula that was just discovered in Africa. And it had all these great blue colors and like this pearly white stripes. And everyone was like, oh my gosh, that looks so cool. I have to have it. So these bug collectors took them in and bred them. And now their population is kind of up, but only in like when they're captive. So would you think perhaps the insect pet trade is doing a good job? Like a having a positive impact or I think more of like a negative impact? I think it just depends on what, what you're looking at. Um, so I, that is a really important positive aspect of the arthropod pet trade is that that conservation angle and preserving species and preserving diversity. Um, and so, so that's a great thing. And that is definitely important. There's another side of, that I, you know, I'm, just, I'm not an expert in this at all, but um, there's kind of a black market trade. I know in tarantulas and some other arthropods, just like there is in other kinds of organisms for pets like tropical fish and turtles and things like that. Um, and this black market trade um, isn't right. I mean, obviously it's not regulated. And so th there's potential damage being done or likely damage to those wild populations. talking about how like there's a lot of we need insects who are who pollinate crops for us and also just to like pollinate plants to keep forests alive in general um but you also talked about how beetles and like yeah, obviously invasive species can have a negative impact so what do you think about like pesticides protecting crops that we grow i mean like what are your what are your views on that should we just like get rid of them completely or like 
keep have more of them perhaps or like i mean what do you think about them i think that pesticides are an important tool in the arsenal against pests um pests can be incredibly devastating they're so um i read that about 40 percent of all crops grown are lost to pests every year um and that's with use of pesticides. And so I, I do think pesticides are important because there's some things that they can do that we just can't accomplish with other pest control measures. That being said, um, I am a huge fan of integrated pest management or IPM, <clears throat> which is a holistic and a systematic approach to pest management that emphasizes using pest control techniques that don't involve chemicals. And so things like traps, um, physical barriers and blocks, uh, practices that reduce the niche, the available resources for the pests. So we call that cultural pest control. Um, so for example, um, I can do cultural pest control in my house. I can sweep up um, every week. And so that will systematically remove every week um, little buggies and things that are in the corners and I can keep them under control and I can keep the house neat if I just do that. And so, so that would just be an example. And so I think it's important that we emphasize and, and try to really rely mostly on non-chemical aspects of pest control, but I do you think that pesticides are important? Um, but they need to be, it's really important that they're used responsibly. Okay. So, I mean, like, on a large scale with, like, feeding countries, perhaps, would you mm -hmm. think that IPM or pests, which one would you think would be more effective? Well, I mean, using pesticides is a part of IPM. Um, but, and that's a tough question, and I don't have any, like, data in front of me oh, okay. to show. And, and so I hesitate to make, to draw a conclusion. Um, but, because pesticides have saved lives in the past, you know, by provisioning food, but also by killing mosquitoes and things like that. And so there's definitely a good a positive side and a negative side um that being said i think advances and other methods of controlling pests are happening all the time and hopefully we can continue to reduce use of use of pesticides without sacrificing human life and um people from having comfortable standards of living and not get diseases oh, okay that makes sense so just really quickly before we wrap things up here but what is your favorite bug um my favorite bug is the stag beetle the lucana service cool yeah, yeah great um that's, that's 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 really nice so thank you so much, Dr. Lawrence Reeves, for being with us today. It's been a very fascinating conversation, and I'm eternally grateful for your time. <laughs> I hope that we'll be back again, uh, that you'll be back to speak with us again. And I look forward to seeing you in the MSU Bug House when I come to visit. Hopefully yeah, definitely.
please let us know when you come visit. Um, and thanks for having me. It was a, a pleasure to be able to talk to you and let me know if I can answer any more, any further questions in the future. Great. Well, folks, um, that's been the interview. Well, there you have it. That was Dr. Amanda Lawrence Reeves. She is the co-director of Michigan State University's very own Bug House. And I've been quite busy with school, but I finally got this episode out. Thank you so much for being a listener. And yes, just thank you. But stay tuned, because here in Virginia, USA, Brood X will be emerging soon. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and this has been The Bug House. Thank you.